Welcome to Enduring Words with David Guzik, a daily devotional podcast brought to you by Enduring Word. Today we want to talk about the last of the eight Beatitudes that begin the Sermon on the Mount, and it's found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 10, 11, and 12. Let me read those three verses to you. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Beatitudes that begin the Sermon on the Mount describe what a citizen of Jesus' kingdom looks like. They don't so much tell us how to enter the kingdom as they do show us what those who have Jesus for their king will live like. They will be poor in spirit, recognizing their need for God. They will mourn over their sinful condition and that of this lost world. They will have a meek, gentle attitude that trusts God more than self. They hunger and thirst after righteousness and show mercy to others, remembering the mercy they have received from God. They have purity of heart, leading to greater relationship with God, and they will make peace with those who wrong them and those who wrong one another. When you think about this character profile, it describes a pretty wonderful person. We should expect these wonderful people to be loved, and they should be accepted all over this world. But Jesus told us with the final beatitude what those people should expect from the world. Blessed are those who are persecuted. The character traits described in the Beatitudes are not valued by our modern culture. We don't recognize or give awards to the most pure in heart or the most poor in spirit. Though our culture doesn't think much of these character traits, they do describe the character of the citizens of God's kingdom. Notice that Jesus spoke of those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake and also for Jesus' sake. Later, he says, for my sake. They're not persecuted for their own stupidity or fanaticism. Peter recognized that suffering might come to some Christians for reasons other than their faithfulness to Jesus. That's in 1 Peter 4, verses 15 and 16. You see, this isn't what Jesus addressed here. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, they are persecuted for righteousness' sake. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, they are persecuted for the sake of Jesus. This shows that Jesus expected that their righteous lives would be lived after his example and in honor to him. We also notice how Jesus described persecution and what it includes. He said, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Jesus brought insults and spoken malice into the sphere of persecution. We cannot limit our idea of persecution to only 
physical opposition or torture. Now, it did not take long for these words of Jesus to ring true to his followers. Early Christians heard many enemies say all kinds of evil against them falsely for Jesus' sake. Did you know that in the early days of Christianity, that unbelievers in the Roman Empire accused Christians of many evil things? Early Christians in the Roman Empire were accused of cannibalism because of gross and deliberate misrepresentation of the practice of the Lord's Supper. They were accused of immorality because of gross and deliberate misrepresentation of the weekly love feast and their private meetings. They were accused of revolutionary fanaticism because they believed that Jesus would return and that there would be an apocalyptic end to history someday. They were accused of splitting families because when one marriage partner or parent became a Christian, there was sometimes a change or a division in the family. And they were accused of treason because they would not honor the Roman gods or they would not participate in emperor worship. Jesus told these persecuted ones how to react when they were mistreated. He said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Literally, we could translate this phrase to say that the persecuted ones should leap for joy. Why? because these persecuted ones will have great reward in heaven and because the persecuted ones are in good company. The prophets before them were also persecuted. The old Puritan commentator, John Trapp, noted that there were some men from the old days in England who did in fact rejoice and were exceedingly glad when they were persecuted. George Roper came to the stake leaping for joy and he hugged the stake that he was going to be burned at like that pole of wood was a friend. Dr. Taylor leapt and danced a little as he came to this execution, saying when he asked how he was, Will God be praised, good master sheriff, never better, for now I am almost home. I am even at my father's house. Trapp described a third man named Lawrence Saunders, who with a smiling face hugged the stake of his execution, and he kissed it, saying, Welcome the cross of Christ Welcome everlasting life. Yet, the world persecutes these good people because the values and character expressed in these Beatitudes are so opposite to the world's manner of thinking. Our persecution may not be much compared to others. We think of our dear persecuted brothers and sisters in places outside the Western world. But listen, if no one despises your Christianity, if no one speaks evil of you, are these beatitudes traits of your life? May God make us true citizens of his kingdom, even if it means some persecution and being spoken evilly against along the way. 
Thanks for listening to Enduring Words with David Guzik. For more information about David's ministry, visit EnduringWord.com.